Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hey guys, this is Mark Striegel. Just want to remind you to support me on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Talking Metal. And, you know, do a $5 a month donation or pledge. You support me with $5 a month. I send you a Talking Metal t-shirt. I give you bonus content, including an extra podcast every week and videos and polls and a chance to talk with me on Zoom about the things that we love, like heavy metal and hard rock, especially that classic stuff. That's generally what we cover here on on the show. So anyways, we're going to listen to the live show. There's a video of this up on my YouTube page, youtube.com slash talking metal. But this is just the audio. No edits. It was a, a rough episode at times. There were some connection issues with Corey Glover and and John and I talking over each other and all that type of stuff. So but it 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 still is fun. You know, I, I kinda after it was over, I was like, oh boy, that episode was rough. But I just went back and listened and watched the majority of it. It was actually not bad. So I hope you enjoy it. And the guests are great. Man, Corey Glover, Hank from Dash Vodka, Bobby Blitz. You can't go wrong. Let's get into it right now. And a big shout out to the top tier supporters on Patreon today. Andrew Miller, Brad Dahl, Chris Riley, Dan Gurwan, Denny Striegel, Hank Reeves, who's actually on this episode. Jerry from Salt Lake City. Matt Carroll, Mike Jones, Steve Hoker, and last but not least, Stephen Saylor. Stephen, I hope you heard the uh, Jordan Rudis episode. We give you a shout out in the middle of it. Anyways, those are the top tier people on Patreon. Those guys really, I mean, wow, you guys are awesome. Everyone on Patreon's awesome, but it, but just today, I really wanted to give a lot of love to those people in the top tier. Anyways, again, this is the live show from May twentieth. 2021 here on the Talking Metal Podcast. You can watch this on YouTube, youtube.com slash Talking Metal. Let's do it.
to another edition of Talking Metal Live. John, how are you, man? I'm doing great, Mark. How are you? How are I'm you? Good. I'm I'm doing well. And you and I were talking today, and we decided that this is probably going to be the last time we do this in this format. Um, next Correct. time, there's no reason that we can't get together at your place and still do the virtual guests. You know, if we have a guest who wants to, right. you know, zoom in or Google in from the, the West coast or somewhere else in the world, we'll still do, do that. But there's no reason for you and I, and maybe Emily could even join us to be there Absolutely. your place or even out at a location doing this live with the help of the, the crew and the team that we work with. Uh, I think it's time that we uh, venture outside of uh, this basement here and, and go go live again. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, so guys, what happened was I uh, texted Mark earlier and I said, hey, Mark, do you and Emily want to come over and do this in person? We're all vaccinated. We're all fine. Uh, we're going to be safe. And uh, we can all just hang out here in the uh, Silver Spacecraft 2.0 studio. Uh, and then afterwards we can hit right. a bar. But, um, uh, you know, babysitters are involved in a lot of other things so uh we decided this one we're going to keep the original format but then we're going to be bringing all of you uh listeners and people who are watching the show some special stuff because we're going to harken back as they say to our uh, 2000s roots and we're going right. to do some on location at bars we're going to have guests come into the studio with us and we're going to really revive the old vibe of the original talking metal. Absolutely, man. And you know, it's, it's so weird because I've said this before, but one of the last things we did before this whole thing shut us down for a while was you and I shot that talking metal sizzle reel in, in your apartment. And uh, right. yeah, so, so we got to We got to start things off again. And I say next month in June, it will happen. We'll do another one of these and we will be, Probably live from that location right there. I want to stand. That would be awesome. Yeah, I think this is where we should start it out. Yeah, Yeah. we'll start it out here. And and then from there, you know, it's only going to go up, as they say. (laughs) Yeah. All right, man. Well, (laughs) I got visual aids here. I've been doing this new thing where I don't drink on Thursdays. I've been trying to, like, not drink on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. Yeah, uh, I've gone completely, uh, you know healthy by not you're good you're good yeah i'm being slightly sarcastic but anyways okay let's let's have a toast i i'm gonna break my tradition and uh, drink a a light beer right now light beer okay i'm Um, i'm drinking this right here oh of course dash vodka i've got um guess what this is also i'm gonna use the same word again hearkening back to my 1990s roots because i'm drinking a dash vodka with cranberry juice uh, no, no, right. not cranberry juice. Uh, grapefruit juice. <laughs> I, I, believe me, I'm just starting out. Grapefruit juice. And the reason <laughs> is is because of Rob Fiorentino, my old bandmate and right. one of my best buddies who I haven't spoken to in so long. we got to rekindle that relationship. But anyway, that was his drink. So in honor of him, of Paisley Babylon fame, my old band, I'm drinking his favorite drink. And then uh, as a backup, I got a Miller High Life. That. Yeah, oh, Miller beer, Miller High Life, cool. That's yeah, Miller yeah, that, beer. Actually, well, that I got, I got a Miller Light. It's not a High Life. Oh, I like that. That's nice. Yeah. I like that fancy yeah. bottle you have. That's pretty cool. Right. Uh, yeah. It's almost yeah. like the kind you'd buy, like at like you know 
PNC Art Center or something when you're right. Uh, right. Show. I love it. Um, speaking of PNC, yeah. Art so Center, John, Mark, what's that? I said, speaking of PNC Art Center, I've been driving all around New Jersey in my new car, which is technically used. However, um, it's new to me, and uh, literally for for me to get to you is like one, two, three, no sweat, and. Uh, I can get to the PNC Art Center and I can go all these different places now. So I feel like a whole new world is opened up for me. That's awesome, man. Congratulations. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Thank you. Great. Thank you. It's great. Because yeah, we'll uh, definitely get you out here. I think the next time, the next time for sure, I have to come there. Maybe Emily will come with me. We'll, we'll see. I think that's that's where we got to start it at, right in front of all Yeah, we got to start it at the Spacecraft 2.0 in honor of John Simpson, who made up that name. So. All right, right on. Yeah, cool, so Mark, man. Let and let's. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I'm gonna ask you what's up. You got some new stuff going on. Tell me, you're moving. Yeah, we're moving to a new house. Uh, I got a new job, so a lot of a lot of changes. Good changes. Um, you know, the kids are slowly getting back to in-person school. Not full time, but it's better than you know, completely virtual. So, so things are definitely changing here. And I went to my first concert, man. My first concert in a yes, long time. Yes, I saw the pictures. Last Saturday night. With, with Jordan uh, Rudis, uh, tell me about that show because I saw the pictures and I purposely haven't asked you about it because I wanted you to tell me on the air. So tell me. Yeah, it, w it was great. Emily and I went to the theater before the show. Uh, we met up with Jordan from Dream Theater and did a short interview. It was supposed to be 10 minutes. It actually lasted like closer to 13, 14 minutes. And he was great, man. He was great. And he then we went to dinner. Then we came back to the theater and he played a socially distanced concert. And it was just great. It was him sitting at a grand piano. You know, you think of him with wow. theater and the volume and everything. Yeah, all kind of crazy played keyboards up in the air. Yeah, he played everything from Bach to Pink Floyd to, of course, Dream Theater to solo music to Liquid Tension Experiment, all on the piano. And, you know, he went to Juilliard. This guy is no joke, man. He he was just just an absolutely beautiful uh, piano player. And I just felt myself getting lost in the music, being in a room. They even had the bar open, you know, so you could drink and, uh, you know, um. I, they said if you're not drinking, you had to have your mask on. But thankfully for me, I was drinking the whole time. Drink, so, so you can take the mask off. Mask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, I love um, that. Yeah. And, That's one yeah. one reason to drink. You don't have to wear the mask when you're drinking, right? So <laughs> right. we're not trying to right. promote alcohol use, but anyway. But here's the thing, Mark. I, I you know, um, have studied music, as you know, as you have as well. And the thing is, is that no matter how many lessons I've taken – the one thing that I wish that I could do and I can't fully do it is sit at a piano and entertain people all night. I, I could probably entertain people for a few minutes, but I, I don't think I could. Well, I, I know for a fact I couldn't do it all night. And and uh, and without question, I couldn't do it the way Jordan can do it. And and I admire those guys, I think, almost more than I admire anyone at this point. I I, I love people who can sit down at an instrument solo and just take it on their own. Yeah. Well, you want to hear something crazy? He didn't even bring the piano. It was the house piano at the theater, the wow. Copac Theater in South Orange. So he literally just showed up 
and played played their piano and did it amazingly and you know they they of course had mics on the piano and i noticed there was definitely a little reverb you know to get that really big sound out of it Mm -hmm. but it was it was absolutely uh stunning and it just filled the theater just this man sitting there at a piano and oh he 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 sang one song on the road again by willie nelson wow kind of that that is amazing i mean not not really a joke but you know he kind of did his own version of it that's a true musician, and and I I love that, and I, I, I mean, if he ever comes around again, I will absolutely go. And I've always respected him as a musician, and uh, that's pretty awesome. Juilliard, I mean, you, I mean, that is, in my opinion, one of the top, if not the top school. I mean, Berkeley, of course, where I went, and uh, a lot of other great musicians went. I, I consider Juilliard and Berkeley probably the top two schools. Juilliard is a little. Uh, uh, more classical. I, I, I mean, I think it's right. a thousand percent more classical than Berkeley is. But Berkeley is a little bit of contemporary music, jazz, you know, classical, and a, a little bit of a mix. But Juilliard is really top of the line. So, so right on. So sure. Well, listen, we got Corey Glover coming up in just a bit. We have um, uh, Bobby. Bobby. Blitz. Boy, my, my my mind went blank there for a second. <laughs> Bobby Blitz of Overkill. What an amazing lineup tonight. And real quick, we're going to bring on a family member of yours in just a second to say a quick hi before Corey joins us. But real quick, John, big news, Ace Fraley and Alice Cooper. Man, Kiss, Alice Cooper, the greatest bands of the 70s practically doing a tour together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I cannot wait to see this. Any details you can give us? So, so let me tell you, Ace and Alice have been friends for over 30 years, and, and they love each other personally, and uh, the bands and the crews and everybody gets along great. And we've done um, uh, some other tours with Alice, uh, one in Australia, and we've done select dates throughout the United States with Alice, and they've always been huge successes. So the idea came up, and I've known about it for a while, and we've been putting all the finishing touches on it to get it together. And uh, it's going to start in September, go through October. And uh, it's going to be a month of pure, cool rock and roll insanity. And uh, the fans are going to be in for a huge treat. Let me just tell you that. Yeah, I cannot wait. I I told you they're not playing New New York City or the tri-state area, really. So actually, there's a show in Connecticut, I think. But yeah, I have to general... take another quick look at the dates. But I believe there is definitely something in uh, in that area. There's stuff that's Maybe not go too to that far one, from here. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk because I definitely need to get out to see that tour. It'd be fun to get on a plane and fly somewhere cool and see it. But we'll yeah, talk I love more. flying to gigs. Um, so. Yeah, yeah, but I, we do have Corey from Living Color coming up shortly. So let's do this. I keep asking you, John. I keep saying. How is Dash Vodka so freaking smooth? And right, we yeah, and you agreed with me, but neither one of us really know. So I said, let's <laughs> don't get know how, the guy. How, what makes it that smooth? Right. So we need to yeah, find let's out. Let's get the guy who would know the answer to this. Let's get Hank Reeves to come on briefly and talk with us about this amazing vodka that he has. And I know he's standing by. So anytime you guys want to pass, Hank, what's, what's happening, guys? Hank, I love it. How are you? Doing good. How y'all doing? I'm doing great, Hank, and I love that you got the talking metal shirt on tonight. 
Oh, I wouldn't go anywhere without it, my man. Nowhere. <laughs> Thank you. Hank wears it every day. That's his uniform. When he goes out, he always has a Tiger <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's for sure. So, so hey, Hank, everything looking good in Jersey. I'm glad to see you guys are going back on, going to be going back on tour here shortly. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're getting ready to go back and rock and roll again. And uh, things are starting to, open, right. starting to open up again. And I, I think... Uh, all of us music and Dash and Vodka fans are going to be happy because we got a lot of good things in store for everyone, for sure. And, oh, Hank, I love it. <laughs> so, Hank, hey, tell hey, me, hey, you're, Hank, you're coming to us, uh, I was, real quick, Hank, you're coming to us from Colorado tonight, right? Not Texas. That's correct. Yeah, Rennie's over in Detroit with her mom and dad, and I'm over here right. uh, getting the cabin set up uh, for all the visitors we got coming up this year. I love That's that, awesome. and, and I, I think Mark and I should be one of those, two of those visitors, right? Absolutely, well, absolutely. Yeah, I'm us. counting yeah. on it, man. <laughs> we'll so, hey, do it. We'll real do quick, it. I wanted to technically ask you about your vodka, because when Emily and I drink it here at, at home, we notice that there's like a smoothness. There's not that sharp taste that you get from some vodka. What distinguishes dash from the others like is there something technically you guys do to it to get that smooth taste that you could briefly explain to me i've know nothing about how you make vodka so in in layman's terms or however they say it how, how do you get dash to be so smooth and great well what you have to start off with is uh you have to have you know the best ingredients possible and so we're talking about uh thompson raisins and wheat from Michigan. Oh, no, New York. Okay, that's where the wheat comes from. And what you do is, you know, we have these 5,000-liter uh, uh, fermentation reactors uh, that have a cooling jacket. And so what happens is you start, you mix water and yeast and, you know, the different components. And it's an exothermic reaction, so there's heat get given off. Uh, which can, you know, impart uh, and uh, some poor tasting characteristics. So you keep it cool. You control the rate of fermentation. That's the scientific part of this deal. Then what happens is, you know, you go to your uh, you go to your pot still, and the uh, the liquor is distilled seven times. So that's an extreme wow. amount of time. It's just amazing. And what it does is during those processes, all of the bad characters that are that are in the um, the uh, mix come out. You know, there's different compounds that, that, that are found, and these are driven out, so, you know, you have that. What comes out of the pot still is about 190 proof. Uh, of course, everything is explosion-proof in the distillery, and uh, at that point, the, uh, you know, we cut it back with water, and it's filtered through crushed coconut hulls. I think that's really wow. a key factor here, guys, because uh, there's no taste of coconut. It's just ground up uh, holes right. of coconut. But the filtration is incredible. And so there's some more bad characters that are taken out during that process. Most of your vodkas are filtered through uh, carbon. And carbon just sounds caustic to me to begin with. You know, it's not right, something right. that I would want to flow liquid through and drink. But 
anyway, that's kind of it in a nutshell. Uh, you know, we use a uh, reverse osmosis water system, so we have pure water. Everything's got to be pure, and a lot of this is art. There's yeah. a lot of art involved. There's probably yeah, more yeah. art involved than uh, the technical chemistry. But that's where Ali Ansari comes in. He's the master distiller, the founder, and he's an amazing person. I hope you guys can come up sometime, meet him at the distillery. Very, very good. And, uh, yeah. and Hank, that is great info. Thank you for explaining that to us. Where should people go to find out more about Dash Vodka online? Okay, so you go to dashvodka.com. That's the website. Right now, the product is available in Texas through the uh, spec stores. There's about 200-plus spec stores in Texas. So we've got quite a following here. And, you know, we're, we, we should be in Colorado within a month or so. So, you know, it's all about getting out there and, you know, being on these uh, this social media platform is the answer to all of this. You know, being with you guys, getting introduced to Chips Enough, who led me to Harlan, who's the owner of Monsters of Rock, who's on Dash Radio Network. And, you know, we're being exposed to 700,000 people a day. Amazing. <laughs> so, wow. Amazing. Big deal. And I love that there's there Dash go. Vodka and Dash Radio. It's like the perfect it's, combination. It's just like Chip said. As soon as he heard it, Chip, I mean, you could just see his eyes flip up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and guys, we're talking about all of our friends, Chip's enough. Like one of my favorite rockers in the whole world, who I've known oh, he's since amazing. the nineties. Yeah, he is so amazing. So, are you going to be doing you know, something with now, we're at the point. What's that? Oh, I was going to. Are you going to so be we're, doing we're something at the point with now where Rock? All, uh, all the heavy lifting has been done, and you know the distillery is beautiful. It's in great condition. It can do about twenty thousand bar uh, cases a month, and so we're we're actively looking for investors. And people right, that okay. want to become a shareholder in Dash Vodka, this is the time to do it uh, before we launch onto these major platforms. And I want to thank you guys uh, for what you've done for us. And I also want to mention how amazing it is that you guys have done 920 episodes of this show. Yeah, well, thank you. And it's just like, thank it's you. like amazing. I, you know, whenever I want to entertain myself, I just go online and I... I watch the shows where you're playing with the with the folks you're interviewing. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah. That's we haven't done one of those. Of the talking shows. metal jams. We need to do another. Yeah, one. those were great. Right. That is it, so as a matter cool. Of, yeah, as a matter but, of fact, we have uh, one of my favorite jams was uh, something we did and we we called the band Turtlehead, and I think Bobby Blitz Ellsworth from Overkill made up that name, and he's going to be on the show today with you That's and great. um the cool thing is uh, for all the the watchers and listeners uh go to youtube and and look up uh talking metal with bobby blitz ellsworth and turtlehead and you will see a great jam that we did with frank bellow van Thrax, mike portnoy of dream theater mark and i and bobby and we did a motorhead song so that was i think one of my favorite i mean there's no question it was one of my favorites they were all my favorites but that was that was a highlight Absolutely. Awesome. Well, well, Hank, we just wanted to get you on here because we enjoy your vodka so much. We wanted to thank you for the vodka and turn on the Talking Metal listeners and viewers to your great product. And what can they do? Can they ask for it in stores? Is that helpful? Yes, that's helpful. If you go to your uh, local package store and ask for it, you know, that's, help, that, that's helpful. 
Uh, and of course, uh, uh, it's just a matter of time before it's all over the place, but we're, we're, we're on startup mode. Okay. Well, please keep Absolutely. us posted and we will keep drinking the dash for sure. Drink the uh, dash. Give my best to Emily and Lynn, guys. All the best to you. Absolutely, oh, yeah, Hank. And, and give my best to Rinny and Uncle Johnny and, and Aunt Gloria and everybody and Sarah and the whole team, the whole dash team. You got it, man. You got it. All the best, guys. Take care. All Thank the you, best. Hank. Thanks, Hank. Here's to Take you. Take care, Hank. <laughs> All right. It. Great, great checking so in with cool. Hank. We love Hank. We love Dash Vodka for sure. And we love Living Color, man. I tell you, the first time I ever saw Living Color, John, was at Trenton State College. They had like a, ca a cafeteria or the gymnasium. I went to see this band called Fishbone. And okay. opening up for Fishbone was Living Color. And I seem to remember that they had – remember the Guitar Player magazine? Yes. Yeah, I love that. I still have a subscription to it. Well, do you remember they used to put like records in the guitar player magazine? Oh, like a little. I yeah, maybe like is that a plastic record? Not like not made. Yeah, out it was of like vinyl, within the pages. Yeah, yeah, there was, was a like record, a and you could plastic. you could rip it out and you could play it. And one of the records right. had "Cult of Personality" by Living wow, Color. Wow, that's on amazing. It. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I got into them really like early on, and. Wow. I, the way I remember it, our memories aren't always correct, but they really <laughs> uh, took a little while to catch on. We can ask Corey about this, but they took a while to catch on on MTV and on the radio. But the the album, I believe, had been out a little bit before it kind of really hit. And mm -hmm. I, at least that's how I remember it, because I remember suddenly there was this band that I had discovered through guitar player magazine yeah way before opening right. for fishbone yeah suddenly they like kind of blew up and and it was like months later that everyone knew now about them. mark let me let me refresh my memory what year did cult of personality become a hit on mtv oh geez you're putting me on the spot here i, I believe it was 89 um oh, okay but, i was gonna i was thinking 88 but i think maybe yeah right. maybe it might have been 88 actually now that you mention it let's see yeah well, yeah, Vivid. It was on the Vivid record, 88. You're right, 88. Yep. Okay, so here's what's weird is that I was going to ask Corey about this. Will Calhoun, the drummer, was at Berkeley when I was there. So I was at Berkeley in 87 to 91-ish. Um, so maybe he was going to school there right around the same, right before the band really broke big on MTV. Um, yeah, I, that I don't know. You know, I'm not exactly we'll have to sure. check it out, but I, I, I could swear a thousand percent. Will was at Berkeley when I was there. So, and when you were there too, Mark, like, so yeah, really, and he it was could, there when we were be. both there, but yeah, it could be, it could very well be that, that I don't mm -hmm. know, but, um, but we, yeah, we recently stuff. hooked up with, we recently hooked up with Corey, um, at the Iridium, Iridium, um, the famous jazz club where Les Paul used to play every Monday night back in. 2019 and he did a great show with our, our really good friend mike orlando um from adrenaline mob yeah. and uh, numerous other great bands and uh so that was the last time that i saw Corey or spoke to Corey, and and uh we're really glad to get Corey back on the show tonight yeah absolutely we are waiting for him i'm not sure he's logged on just yet but hopefully soon if we if we don't get him 
Let's see, 727. If we don't get him in the next few minutes, I will text him and just remind him to to get online. Log on. <laughs> John, let's talk about your band while we're while we're waiting for for Corey okay, to good. join us. Any any plans yet? I know it's still kind of early, but any plans for Like It, the band that you play guitar with, to return to the stage? Yes, um, I have uh, some news, and the news is going to be about an announcement. So we're going to announce something. Um, towards the end of the month, and uh, it's a it's a big deal um, for us, and it's a it's a big deal for any band. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna return to the stage um, on a major level for sure in 2022, and I'm hoping that uh, we can return to the stage just on a, a normal level for like a you know like a just to get out there and, and rock and play for some of our friends and some of our fans actually in, uh, 2021. But, but, uh, all the people across the United States, we're going to definitely be back out there in 2022. And, uh, we're going to make our first announcement at the end of May. So in probably two weeks, you'll be hearing some news Unlike it. And uh, the other general news I can tell you is Like It has started rehearsing again. And uh, Jamie Ross is currently uh, back in the New York area uh, for a while, even though Jamie lives in. Uh, tell Las us Vegas who Jamie Nevada. Ross is. A lot of people might not ja- know. Okay. Who that is. Okay. Jamie Ross is the lead vocalist of Like It. And he also used to be the. Uh, he's the guitarist and lead vocalist of Like It. He was the bass player and. Uh, vocalist uh, in a group called Laughing Sky as well. Uh, but Jamie is really the uh, the ringleader of Like It, and he's the reason it all works together. And I was a fan of Jamie's since I moved to New York in the you know in in the early '90s. So um, Jamie Jamie lives in Las Vegas, but he's been hanging out back here in New York. And uh, we have started to rehearse again up at Mike Lincoln, the drummer of Like It's. Uh, studio in Union City, New Jersey, and uh, we have our, our great bass player Hide, who has a, a great restaurant called um, it's uh, something Cocoron, and it's is it Sushi Cocoron? There's, there's a, I'm going to think of the, the name. There's a before the end of this podcast. It's something Cocoron. It's a, uh, a Japanese restaurant in Manhattan, and it's amazing. And Hide is the head chef, and it's his place. His name is. Uh, uh, we call him Yan Morningstar, but his real name is Hide. Right on, right on. Cool. <laughs> Have we gotten Corey yet, guys? Oh, no, Corey yet. All right, I'm going to text him. The, the restaurant well, is I... Sukiyaki Coco Ron. So Sukiyaki Coco Ron, uh, go check it out in in the uh, Lower Manhattan Soho East Village area, uh, somewhere around there, guys. But it's a it's a high end Japanese restaurant. So if you want some Kobe beef. Or Kobe, as they say, uh, that's what you're going to get when you go there, and it's going to be prepared by none other than the bass player of Like It. And what happened to the old bass player? Or don't you want to talk about that? So no, yeah, no, Dave, Dave uh, Messenger, he's still part of the Like It family, and I'm sure he'll pop up on different gigs as well. Dave, Dave is a uh, computer genius. Okay, Dave Messenger is a computer genius. That's his real name. He's not a messenger, but um, he. He could be if he wanted to. So anyway, uh, he he's a computer genius and he he works in the banking field. So um, and he has a he's a great family um, and so he's tied up with those duties right now. Right on. So right on. So that's where he is. And then, but 
we actually did jam with Dave uh, once uh, for fun as well. So, so you know, the Like It family includes both Hide and Dave. And uh, I, I suspect that there might even be some concerts where they both play. Oh, very cool. Very cool. And any new guitars cool in your collection lately, John? Any new guitars? Um, you know what? I, I have some cool stuff that you haven't seen. They're not necessarily new, but... Uh, I have some stuff that haven't been in this room, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take my earphones off for just a second to show you one. And there's a great story behind this. Okay, so stand by for 30 seconds. Cool. And like I said earlier, guys, we are waiting for Corey Glover to join us. Hopefully, sooner than later. And then at eight o'clock, we will be joined by Bobby Blitz of Over. So, guys, this so guitar here is a Greco. G-R-E-C-O, Mick Ralph's model. Now, Mick Ralph's uh, was the guitar player, or, you know, still is uh, part of the band Bad Company. And uh, this guitar was made in Japan by a company called Greco. Now, let me get that logo in there. Now, Greco, as you can see, is kind of written almost in, like, the Gibson logo. And there's a really, really famous picture of Ace Frehley. Uh, it was even in the Kiss, like, you know, 1977-1978 tour book of Ace playing a guitar that looked just like this. And Ace has actually played this exact guitar. There's some pictures online where you can see him playing this particular physical guitar. But the one he was playing in the 70s is different. But this is a 1977 Greco Mick Ralph's model in a cherry sunburst finish. It's called an MR800. MR800 and MR1000s looked uh, almost exactly, but they looked exactly the same. How cool is this, though? It's kind of like a Les Paul with a beautiful guitar. Cut. Very beautiful. Yeah. And this, this guitar was made in Japan in 1977. It's got a three piece neck, set neck, beautiful. And how crazy is this? This little piece of paper hasn't even been pulled off of here since the 70s so somebody kept this wow. in such good care that they left that on and i bought this from a great friend of mine uh in uh pennsylvania philly area he's a great punk engineer so uh this is just such a cool guitar and uh, uh ace loves it he's played it before and uh like i said there's some pictures of him online with it uh but it is not the exact same guitar that he was pictured playing with in kiss that looks exactly the same so i wish it was that would be even cooler but it's it's still cool and it plays great when you come here mark you've got to play it you're gonna love it it feels yeah. great these greco guitars yeah. are made great made in japan and i i love japanese guitars it's one thing i just have to say i love japanese guitars and uh let me also tell you this the uh guitars made by epiphone in china in their china plant the brand new 2021, 2020 guitars, maybe even back to 2019, they have really stepped up their game. These guitars are out of control. I have a Epiphone Les Paul Modern in a uh, rare finish called, uh, it's like a metallic blue, metal, radio metallic blue. And then I've got a great one in a Koa, Koa top. It's, Koa is like an exotic Hawaiian wood. And uh, these new Epiphones, I, I know you've had some Epiphones uh, in the past, and uh, uh, I, I tell everybody, you, you got to check them out. They're that good. They're that good. I have, I have nice. every Gibson I could want. I, I worked at Gibson for 
10 years, uh, and I love Gibsons. And uh, Epiphone is their sister company. And let me tell you, these new Les Pauls uh, or, and other Epiphones are amazing. Dave, I mean, uh, yeah, Dave Snake Sabo's got one. Tracy Guns has, has got the Kramer's part of the family. So a lot of cool stuff coming out of uh, that factory. Right on, right on. Yeah, I, I really think that, that Gibson, I feel like, has really kind of stepped things up with bringing in more people with the signature models and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. No doubt. Man. Dave yeah, Mustaine, man. I mean, there's, there's so much great, exciting news coming out of Gibson. And I'm just happy to be a, a, a family member of, of the whole Gibson team. Uh, I have to thank everybody out of the L.A. showroom, Peter Leinheiser and the whole gang. Um, for for setting like it up when we went out there because sometimes when we're doing what are called fly gigs that's a, a current new term fly gigs because back in the day yeah. bands all got on a tour bus and they went around but nowadays in the you know in the last prior pre COVID you know you do sometimes what are called fly gigs where you don't play with your real equipment and you rent it or you you get it and um, so Gibson was nice enough to loan Jamie and I uh, Les Pauls, and they loaned Hide uh, a great Gibson bass. So when we did the uh, tour of California, we used the Gibsons that we had from the uh, uh, Beverly Hills or the uh, Hollywood showroom. I brought one extra guitar with me in, in a flight case, but um, other than that, we used what we got out there, which was great. Thanks to Gibson. Right on, right on. Well, I texted Corey, um, and it looks like he read the text, but I, I don't know. He's still not here with us. And Corey, <laughs> Corey actually got back to you earlier today and said that everything was cool. And sometimes that happens, guys, with live live stuff. But yeah, yeah, I'm sure he'll be joining us momentarily. They actually said he's just logging on now, so Good. let's. Uh, okay, so we'll we'll probably have to keep on. it on the. The brief side with Corey, because we do have Bobby Blitz at 8 o'clock, and I don't want to leave Bobby waiting. And we've had a, a quite a history with Bobby Blitz, too, man. I mean, from jamming. No with doubt him. about it. Now, I wanted to yeah. ask you this. Do you remember when we were going to do a show with Dan Lorenzo, and and Blitz came to the rehearsal? He came to the rehearsal, and we yeah, did some ACDC right, right. with him. What song did we do? Is something off of was uh, that, What do you do for money, I, honey, or something like that? Probably because that's the one one of the songs that I know from when we were rehearsing, yeah. and we were rehearsing in in uh, Clifton. Town. Was it Clifton? What, what's the town? No, no, we were we played in Clifton, but the what's the town that the stadium is in? What town is that um, that the big stadium is in? Oh, uh, MetLife. Uh, yeah, is MetLife. in. I don't know what. Yeah, MetLife. What town is that? Because we were rehearsing in a similar town with part of the same name, and yeah. I, I both of us can't think of it. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. We I'm not sure, but we did. Oh, right I know. Near yeah, the MetLife. What's the yeah, name of that different. town? How could, we can't think of it. Yeah, I'm not, I'll, Bergen. Okay. Bergen Field or something. I, no, but no. It's, Corey okay, is I'm with us now, here. John. So we're going to okay, bring Corey. Okay. We'll talk about Lover that later. In right now to the conversation. And uh, what an honor to always speak with this guy. I know we interviewed, or at least I interviewed him a couple years back. And uh, we're going to bring him in right now. Corey Glover from Living Color, guys. There he hey, is. Corey, how are you, man? <laughs> hey. Good, man. How are you? Good. Oh, it's great to talk with you. Corey, man. how are you doing, man? I'm good, man. What's going on? So the last time we saw you was at the Iridium when you did an amazing gig. I can't believe it was 2019 with Mike Orlando. 
and we yeah. had a blast that night. And uh, we just wanted to catch back up with you and find out what's going on. Uh, I know you've done some stuff with Charlie from Anthrax, and but let's you tell us what you've been up to. And thank you so much for coming on our show. No problem. Um, well, um, I'm working. I'm on a pro doing a project with Mike Orlando, and which just trying to put some get some more songs together, and, and hopefully we'll get something out soon. I don't know how soon, but soon. Um, that's, that's cool because I know. Also, um, go when on, we saw you play live. You played one new song with, that you guys had yeah we did written together, right? Yes, that we had written. We written, we wrote a couple songs, but that was one of the better ones. Yeah, so we we're doing some more of that. Um, we also have this other band called Disciples of Barity. We put out a record last year, and uh, we're doing a show coming up next month. I believe it's the twenty sixth of June. Oh, it's called. At a place called Dingbats. Oh, we know Dingbats. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We know we know Dingbats. We lost your picture there, Corey. Are you, you still hear us? Uh, let's let's stand by for a second. I think Corey will be right back. It looks like he had like a little issue with his video, so uh, yeah, I, I suspect he will be back in a few seconds. So sometimes, guys, with this uh, internet stuff, it's a little bit difficult. So. You just have to bear with us. God, we had Corey for like a moment. A <laughs> <laughs> shortest interview ever. Yeah. All right. He's well, a thing that's and it cuts up. Okay. No, I, I think we're going to be getting uh, Mark. You might hear uh, the control room in your ear. I don't know if they're saying anything, but yeah, yeah. They said they said we we lost him, and hopefully we'll we'll have him back. Uh, okay. I will. Uh, yeah. I can text oh, him. Oh, okay. You, you know what? I, I thought of it now. I can't believe it. everybody always says MetLife Stadium in East okay. Rutherford, New comes. Jersey. Rutherford, and Rutherford right. is the town. There he is. Corey, hey, hey Corey. you're back. You're back. I'm back. Sorry about that. Smitty called, of course. Uh, <laughs> so, so give, so give, Mark, us, you were give us the something. update on the Mike Orlando music. Where where are you guys with it? Um, are you? We are, are still, still writing. We're still in the are you mixing? We're still writing. Um, and recording, we're really, um, you know, this is pretty much a project between him and I, and we got we're trying to put together a band. Um, so, because this is like, this is, you know, Mike Orlando is the most amazing guitar player I've met in my life, and you know, I know a lot of good wow. guitar players. Yeah, no um, doubt about it. And he is amazing. So you have to find people that match his. The caliber of power. musicianship and yeah, yeah, power. Wow, exactly. So we, we, that's that's part of the process we're going through right now. And as I said, I'm doing another project with these friends of mine called Disciples of Barity. Um, yep. With Corey Pierce. Is that with Chris Bay. Moore? No, 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 and, no. Uh, that, Poncho. That was, uh, oh, oh, different guys. That that was with with Lynch. That was uh right. Uh, Ultraphonics. Ultraphonics. Yeah. So oh, okay. we that's that 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 was my West Coast project. Um, we, we're trying to figure out how what to do with that um, and try to do that again, but who knows what's going to happen. Um, but the Disciples of Verity put our record last year, and uh, we're going to have a gig. We're actually playing live uh, on that's the twenty sixth of June at Dingbats, Dingbats in Clifton, New Jersey. 
Right. We will definitely so, be there for sure. We love dingbats and we'll, we'll come anywhere to see you if it's in Jersey or New York or wherever, but we will, I, I will undoubtedly be there. And I'm, Mark is not busy. I'm sure he'll be there too. <laughs> yeah, cool. absolutely. And Corey, then you're going to be doing a tour with Living Color too, right? And Everclear, is that yeah. happening? Yeah, we're doing is Everclear and us and Hoobastank and a couple other bands. Um, it's going to be like sheds and like amphitheaters pretty much for the month of that's july that's amazing yeah um and then we're gonna do gonna take a break in august and come back in september that so, is such great fun. news i mean it's so cool to hear i mean these these are really bands that i considered great they i mark and i both worked at mtv for many years and and when when uh i'm still with the company but i'm working more for uh a different uh, division now, but uh, the, the all of your bands were the top bands on the channel when I was in heavy duty MTV mode. So I, I can't wait right. to, to see all of you guys. But. That'll be great. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. That's you know, it's gonna be very interesting. You know, um, haven't played out. We haven't played anywhere in almost right. a year. Last time we actually played Living Color played live was in October of last year we played out in, in pennsylvania just before the wow. election so you know we haven't we, it's been a while since we've been out out, out playing so we'll see what happens right amazing and I, i'm i'm so excited one thing uh, i did want to mention is vivid the living color record just turned 33 years old and yes. so many great songs off that record i mean one of my personal favorites was uh open letter to a landlord but another one was funny vibe and you recently right. well it was probably a year ago at this mm -hmm. point you re you covered funny vibe kind of with charlie from anthrax and it was a really yeah. cool version how'd that all come about and how how'd you pull that off <clears throat> did you did he send you files how did it work i did it from home basically um wow he called he, he, he sent me an email saying he wanted to do this project and he wanted me to do funny vibe it was like okay um how do you want to do it? And he says, basically the way you guys do it. I was like, well, that's not, that's not work then. Um, <laughs> so he sent me the files and, you know, it was basic, it's very basic. And this is at the beginning of the pandemic. So I didn't have anything set up in my house to record except, you know, my tablet and a microphone. And that's the way I did it. And it worked. Wow. That is out of control yeah, yeah. that nowadays you could do a studio quality recording from a tablet and a mic. And back, you remember right. back in the day, we had to go into big studios. You paid $500 an hour and hired an engineer, and now you're doing it right there. And it sounds killer. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> you know, as you know, if I, if I had known I could do that, I'd have spent the best, most of my life in my house. Right. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Right on. Hey, hey, Corey, you, you put out a record about 23 years ago called Hymns, a solo record. Mm -hmm. And there's one song yeah. out on that record I just love. To this day, I still listen to it. April Rain, such a great, yeah. amazing tune. Would you ever consider doing a solo record again? I mean, you have so many different projects you're working with. What about just a Corey Glover record? I, I, I've, I've made Corey Glover records. Um, I made one other Corey Glover record that, didn't, that was not a major label. That I, that I basically sold myself. Uh, and that was, it looks like this, called The Pledge. 
Nice. Cool. Um, and to, and continuing in that whole thing and doing a solo record, I'm, I'm I want to make another solo record. I was trying. I was planning on making another solo record next last fall. And then the pandemic hit, and, and everybody was in the house, and nobody wanted to come. No wanted to come over and write songs. So, <laughs> right. so maybe this year I'll I'll get to writing, uh, writing and recording a new record. Corey, and- let me ask you this: um, you you're like an amazing singer, as everybody is aware of. But prior to singing, you you were into acting. You you did uh, you were in platoon. You the the major movie platoon and. Um, and you did Jesus Christ Superstar on tour, but but now before you got into Living Color and you were pursuing acting, how did you get your vocals like up to where they are? Like, how did you do that? Like, but, I mean, were you trying to do singing too, or what happened in the early? Yeah, days? I've been singing since I was six years old. Um, wow. Uh, you know, I, I sang in church, and um, it wasn't something, you know. It was something I always knew I had. Like, you know, it's the thing, um, not to sound like I'm bragging or anything, but this the one thing I knew I could do. There's a lot of things I know I right. don't know what to do, but I do them anyway. The one thing I do know how to do is sing. Um, yeah, right. no question. And so I was never not singing. And I was ne- and, and to that end, I'm still not, I'm still acting to a certain degree. That's why where I get bit roles here and there and do and do theater and stuff like that which i'd like to do as well you know i'm a musical theater guy is what it is so um right that's that's what my training is in is in musical theater so um being in a band is just another acting gig for me that's awesome you know what Corey? one thing that i margaret i'm sorry i just gotta say one more thing is that the voice is such a it's such an important instrument and to me I don't know if you like like if let's say you want to be a guitar player. If you practice forever, maybe you'll be as good as a Vernon Reed or, or Mike Orlando. But if you're mm. a singer, I don't know if you. I think you have to have natural ability to get to be a real singer. What do you think? I, I think you do. I don't think everybody's cut out for it. No, not everybody is, but everybody can sing. That's the point, though. Everybody can if they want to. Um, you know, the thing about singing is, and, and at least the way that I approach it, if you sing something with enough conviction and believe in what you're singing, you don't have to have a great voice. You don't have to have a pitch perfect kind of thing. You know, there are lots of singers out here right now that we can, I can point to that aren't really singers, but they deliver what they're singing in a very heartfelt and truthful way. And that's all that matters. Um, if you could, if we had the ability to express ourselves truthfully, there'd be a lot more singers out there, I think. Right. That's awesome. That's good for anybody who is an aspiring singer, that if you really put your mind to it and you give it your all and you believe in what you're doing, you, you could do it. Well, that's the, that's what's most important is that you believe the, the the words that you're trying, the feelings and the emotion and the truth of what you're trying to say, and that it can't be denied, you know. Awesome. Um, a bunch of songs I can think of that you know that don't rhyme, that aren't particularly sung very well, but you believe them 
when they say it. Mm-hmm. And once you believe them, it doesn't matter how they sound. I believe that song. I believe, you know, I'm always pointing to like Jeremy. None of it, it doesn't rhyme. Eddie sounds right. good, but he's not really singing. He's emoting. And that's what's more important mm-hmm. than anything else. No doubt. Right and and I, right I, everybody can remember those lines perfectly because of the way right. he, he executed it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Corey, you, we mentioned the movie Platoon that you were a big part of. I mean, what an amazing cast. Charlie Sheen, William Defoe, um, Forrest Whitaker. I mean, how well did you get to know these people when you were on that movie? We had to. We spent three weeks doing basic training out in the jungle. Um, so we had to live. We built. We dug our own foxholes. We lived on, on MREs. We went out on we went out on patrols on ambushes every other night for three weeks. We did training every day from sunup to sundown every day. Wow. For three weeks. So we got to know people and, you know, and, you know, you get you sit around and then you start talking to somebody like Johnny Depp and talk about, oh, you're from Florida. Oh, you're a guitar player. Oh, really? We should do something. Whatever. I'm in a band. You should hear my want to hear my demo. <laughs> so right on, living color, right on. before living color got a deal and i i was kept playing my demo every every five minutes and to people annoying people with it so um <laughs> so we got to know each other we really got to know each other we really you know i shared a foxhole with charlie sheen so that and for three weeks that is unbelievable yeah. just uh, it, what's unbelievable is how cool that is but the fact that that's how you guys train for that movie, I mean, that's unbelievable. Right. Yeah, well, you know, the, the, what, what they were trying to get, convey was some realness about it. And yeah. what, they, um, what, they were, uh, what they wanted to talk to when, you know, there were no, we didn't have hotels. We didn't have, we didn't have hotels in those three weeks. We had that, that hole. We had, you know, we lived like when we got out of the jungle that the first day of shooting, you know, it, was, it, it looked like a, like a, a real sort of platoon, a real, wow. real, a real Man. bunch of guys from 1968 that just came out of the jungle with, and in, in a time tunnel. And so that is unbelievable. We were, wow. We were hardened. And, you know, um, I, the guy who trained us, his name is, uh, is Captain Dale Dye. Um, U.S. Marine Corps retired. Hurrah! Um, he told us what we're looking for is that thousand-yard stare. You know, that's that kind of thing. Like you've been through so much bullshit that sorry if I cursed. Um, that's all right. That it didn't. Nothing mattered. Nothing ever mattered. That you had this look that looked through you rather than at you. And we got to it. You know, there's a scene where you where, you know, they just the camera goes past all of us and all of us are just looking past the camera. We're not even looking at the camera. And you can see that look on our in our eyes, like we've been through it. And we're gonna go through it. That, that is unbelievable. What what an amazing story. Corey, thanks so much for telling us that. I, I, I didn't know that. That is out of control. Yeah. Out of control. Very very powerful film yeah. too, if if you haven't yeah. seen it, it in a while. Platoon. Yeah. And, hey, Mark, do you, do you go I, I, back I, I, and and oh. and watch Platoon? Do you go back and listen to Vivid? How how often do you revisit the art from your past? 
I only watch Platoon if I flip past it. Right. Okay. And I was like, oh, shit, that's me. Um, and then <laughs> I watch 15 minutes of it and I turn away. Um, <laughs> with, with Vivid, you know, every now and then I have to listen to a song. And all it does is bring it back to when we recorded it and what I was thinking about then and how naive I sounded, not even okay. like was, but how I, how young and <laughs> simple I sounded. And it's, you know, just thinking back to the time us recording that or the time with us making this music and recording it and, and writing this music in, you know, in this cold water apartment above a refrigerator repair place in Bushwick, Brooklyn, with the with the L train going by every now and then, you know, and to go from that to, you know, the success we had with it was amazing. Absolutely. Uh, you guys put out some great music back in 2017. Is there any plans for Living Color to do any new music? Yeah, we, we are in the midst of going into like a rehearsal place just to figure out what we can do and what we want to do. We have an idea. We have a simple idea that we need to expand upon. And, you know, we haven't been around each other. You know, all of us are fully vaccinated. So now we can be around each other. And this way we are, we are free to really go in without having nice. to worry about each other. That's that's amazing. I, we can't hear. I can't wait for the shows, and uh, we can't wait to hear what you're doing. And Mark, I'll let you close it up, but I gotta ask Corey. I gotta just tell you one little like uh, fanboy thing that this has okay. got to be between 25 and 30 years ago. So probably more like 26, 27 years ago. I okay. was walking in Jersey City, New Jersey, in an area called Newport, and we had a mutual friend from MTV News. And I uh, named Abby and I ran into you and I was like, like on top of the world because I go, I can't believe I ran into Corey Glover from Living Color. <laughs> right. <laughs> Abby Kearse. Abby Kearse. Yeah, Abby, absolutely. Um, Abby Kearse, who worked for MTV News, is a really good friend of mine. And she lived in Jersey City for a little while. And mm -hmm. I, I come by and see her every now and then. And like I'm taking the path train the, to Jersey City. Yep, exactly. That's Mark um, and I both lived over there. But. Yeah. So, yeah, I would, it was weird. You know, I'd hang out with Abby and, and she, she, uh, she had another friend of, that, of ours that we all three of us hung out. It was cool. It was very cool. Yeah. So I, I, that's how, I haven't that, seen Abby Kirsten. I don't know how long. If anybody knows where, about where, where or how Abby Kirsten is, please let me know. I will find out. On, I will find on, out. On, yeah, yeah. I will definitely find out. Uh, both Mark and I were were great friends with her, and uh, I I even helped Abby move once. So like that's how good friends we are. So when when you have right. somebody move, that means you're really good friends. <laughs> you know, so exactly, exactly. So, Corey, right thank you so much, Corey. Thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. We we're gonna see you at Dingbats for sure. And and then I can't wait to the big tour with uh, Hooperstank uh, uh, and you guys and who you said one other band Everclear 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 yeah, yeah. that's going to be great so 
I, and I'm happy to hear a tour is a real tour is happening. That's big news. Yeah, so, big and news. it's a real tour. It's, you know, it's gonna be it's you know it's gonna be you know it's gonna be fun to do. Get back on this back on the horse again. I right right Corey, Corey, thank you. you. Stay safe. Please keep in touch. Thank you so much. Thank you, folks. Thanks, Corey. Thank you. Thank you. Corey Glover of that was awesome. Living Color. Thanks, Corey. Yeah, such a, a great band. And he, I mean, yeah, we didn't really even get to talk to him about his stuff that he's been working on with George Lynch. But if you haven't heard that, guys, Ultraphonics with George Lynch and Corey Glover have a great record, Original Human Music. And that came out back in 2018. I'd love to see them do some more stuff together, too. Uh, oh, yeah. Mike Orlando, I mean, it sounds like great they're voice. in the... the uh, mixing what did he say do you say they're mixing it i can't remember we'll have to go back and I, I can't listen remember. to what I, he no, said i think they're still they're still writing they're still writing together writing okay right on i mean cool. i think they well, have a lot get... of songs but they're trying to like work out what's going to be what they want on the record right it sounds on. like they got too much right... material we're going to get right into our next guest right now john you want to introduce this gentleman Yes, we have one of the founders of thrash metal from New Jersey himself, Bobby Blitz Ellsworth of the great band Overkill. Bobby, how are you? How Boys, this is <laughs> nice better than the long-awaited, better than the long-awaited friends reunion. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Bobby, right we've, done, we've done me. so many things. Together, we've we've you've been on our talking metal TV show with Turtlehead doing the great Motorhead classic Overkill, uh, which uh, your band is Overkill, and uh, you've been on our radio show and we you've been on the podcast and everything. Bobby, you're you're one of our longtime friends of talking metal. That we are you, you're one of our idols. I mean, God, we, we just we're just gonna have to say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta tell you a quick funny story. I did a interview with a, with a guy over in Eastern Europe one time, and he and he kept calling me an idol and a legend and all this stuff. And I said, you know, I said it all comes into perspective when you see me cutting my own lawn on a Sunday. So, <laughs> <laughs> right, on. no doubt about you know, it, no doubt. Bobby, I wanted to ask you. You know, John threw out that word thrash. When's the first time you remember hearing? the music that you did, that Exodus did, that Anthrax did being described as thrash? Oh, geez. I mean, I mean, I, I remember the first thrash I heard was uh, obviously uh, Metallica demo. Um, I mean, just the energy behind it. Um, but I think later on from there, I mean, because that was, uh, I guess, that, what was that, 81, 82? Um, that, that but they weren't really around. calling it thrash at that time, were they? They weren't. No, 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 they weren't. But the energy was there. So that was the first time I heard Thrash. But I think by the time that um, that we uh, had toured, um, and that was 1986, we had we were on Megaforce Records, and we did, you know, kind of a three prong attack over in Europe with uh, Anthrax, Overkill, and a California band named Agent Steel, and it was called the U.S. Speed Metal Attack. So I think it morphed out of there. I don't remember the exact moment I heard thrash, but I say it has to be 86, 87. Was it a, wow. a term that you think came from the, the press or was it a term that came from the bands themselves? Or don't you really know? I think it came, I think it came from the bands. You know, I mean, even, even in the Exodus, I mean, it came obviously out of, out of the Bonded by Blood record, thrashing all around. You know, I mean, it was, it was right in the lyrics. Right. 
so so obviously I think that that moniker just stuck like glue to you know it described um, it described movement um, and I meant I mean physical movement not a movement of music but physical movement that you know the pit the uh, the stage diving uh, the moshing etc so thrashing all around out of bonded by blood I think was the um, Probably the precursor to to what um, became Thrash after that. So it's, prob- wow. it's probably as far back as you could trace it. Right on. Right and on. It, and even the was... words. Go ahead, Mark. Go ahead. Go ahead, hmm? John. No, I was going to say even speed metal, like like you said, that tour with with Agent Still and and you guys, that was called a speed metal tour. That term is also a term that I. I almost equate with thrash as well, right, guys? I do for sure. I mean, I, I think I, I don't know if they're synonymous. I mean, because things have, you know, they've broken down, and there's so many genres and subgenres, and they're more like nuances or characteristics. You know, it's a thrash band mm-hmm. that plays speed metal. I mean, that's totally acceptable. I mean, I, I mean, I get right. it. I mean, we were were we a speed metal band? I don't necessarily think so. I mean, this was Feel the Fire. I mean, I think we were more cut from. You know, I mean, our speed came from, you know, the punk rock that we loved that was, you know, down at Max's Kansas City or CBGB's uh, in the late 70s that we just kind of hung on to. Uh, For instance, the Heartbreakers or uh, the Ramones. And then we added the new wave of British heavy metal, you know. So, I mean, we were more, you know, Iron Maiden type inspired, but with uh, an energy that was uh, supposed to never quit. And and I think that that's where it worked. Those those two elements actually, you know, uh, they work well together. Uh, the musicianship of uh, of that of that movement out of uh, the UK and the energy of punk. No right doubt, on. right on. And you guys gave us a great record, "The Wings of War," just about a little over two years ago. And Overkill's pretty prompt with with albums. I mean, you guys deliver the the goods for us fans frequently so are we gonna see a new record by overkill this year you think number 20 he right? who dies he who dies with the most toys wins that's all it right. means. <laughs> i like that <laughs> yeah I, I think we're gonna call it oh my god it's 20 with a question mark after it yeah this will be the 20th record um these are actually the I, I uh, I'm on my phone because my computer mic is down, uh, so I can hear you guys. These are these are the twentieth record headphones that I'm working with right now in my, oh, my wow. little studio. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say they look, this. You, you, I, you're you want to hear something funny? I couldn't get my uh, earphones working, and I had my studio headphones right next to me, and then finally <laughs> I got these little earphones. <laughs> I was doing this. This was a but, this was a go-to when I was talking to Sophie, your production manager. I'm like, hang on, I got, I got, I got cans right here. Just I got real headphones. Yeah, <laughs> I got real headphones. Hey, speaking of, I, and I know this is out of order of what we were going to talk about with you, but I got to tell you, speaking of album titles, one of my, okay, I have, I have the. Uh, well, 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 John, hold that oh, thought. Let's, let's keep okay, the update on the new record first, if we can. Okay, okay. Go ahead. Oh me. Update, yeah, update, uh, on oh, uh, update on new record. Update on new Yeah, number 20. Number 20. Uh, drum tracks are done. Guitar tracks are filtering in. Obviously, during Peter Pandemic, we are, uh, you know, a little bit uh, removed from each other. 
but I think that everybody is making the efforts. I mean, even, I mean, yesterday I spent the, you know, the whole day with Jason Bittner. He, um, our, wow. our wonderful drummer drove down for, down from Albany, New York to, to hang out with me and have lunch because I had a birthday a couple of weeks ago and he wanted to see me. He goes, man, I just haven't seen you in so long. I got to get, so I think that there's still <laughs> that camaraderie that we have even, even during these trying times. And I've seen the other guys here and there. Um, but it's, you know, does it have a vibe? Sure, it sounds like overkill. And, I, you know, are we a thrash band? Sure, we're a thrash band. But I've always thought that we've, you know, gone into different, you know, some people will tell you, oh, geez, every overkill record's the same. In, in, from the inside, the nuances are always different to me. You know, there's always a bit of rock and roll. There's always a bit of punk. There's always a, uh, a bit of melody. It's devoid of melody. There's harmonies. There's, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So what is this record going to be? I think it's going to be the next logical step because regardless of the fact that we're, you know, our next tour is going to be playing senior citizens homes around uh, the country. <laughs> we are, <laughs> we still, we, I, we obviously still think we're viable. And I mean, and that's what makes you, you know, valuable in the day, you know, is that, you know, you still think you have it. So we're not, you know, we don't, we're not mailing anything in. We're, we're going for it, you know, full bore, balls out. Let's do it. Right on. That's awesome. Awesome. So, you know what, Muncie? I'm going to jump into a different topic here. Uh, One of our mutual friends, Muncie, just had a a big anniversary. And I I want you to tell us about, you know, his 30 years in the business, Muncie, uh, from skateboard marketing. And you said at one point that he was like the sixth member of Overkill. Yeah, Munz, Munz and Overkill have been synonymous almost since the beginning. I forget what label we were on at the time. I mean, it was, you know, it was post-Megaforce and post-Atlantic. I might have been Spitfire. He started working with us mm-hmm. uh, with Paul, Paul and Mike over there. Um, yeah, I love those but guys. The, yeah, they were great dudes. I mean, I, I mean, they were, they were perfect within the, um, you know, they had a love of the music. That's really what it was. You know, this wasn't right. like you were dealing with, you know, we came off Atlantic and then we end up, I think we were on CMC with Tom Lipsky and then over to Spitfire. But, you know, and these, and these kind of people had that love of the music. They have the same vested interests that guys like us did. I mean, if, you know, if we're, if we're trying to get rich doing this, our plan sucks dick, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> But the point is, is those guys, you know, they liked that guys like us and other bands like us um, were in it for that reason. And Munz came on board, and it was just like it was this instantaneous thing. I mean, you guys know Munz. I just got a, t- I, I just got yeah. his Dicky shirt. You know, thirtieth anniversary. <laughs> oh, cool, nice, nice. Yeah. You know, Bobby, Bobby, I gotta get you. I got you this fucking shirts. So he sends it. He says it to me, but I remember him all the way back. And I mean, even when times were lean, you know, and, and it's, it's kind of come back for bands like us because I think that there's, you know, there's a truism to what we do. It's not, um, it's not a fake out. It's, you know, it's never been. It's, uh, we like doing it with people who like doing it with us. And Munz is one of those people. So, I mean, when he taps into the radio end of things, um, and the pride he has with what he does uh, to say, Bob, you know, we're number one. You know, I got you number one here. I got you number one at CMJ. I got you number one at Hard Report. It's he loves doing this stuff. So 
it's more of a bond that is based on the same principles that we had on Spitfire, that we had on Megaforce in the early days. I love months, you know? I, I remember a show out in Staten Island. We were playing a place called The Caves. I mean, it was just this... I remember The Caves. Yeah. Of this. Remember The Caves? Yeah, and it was... Imagine. AJ was managing the place. He's like, I'll get you another case of beer. I'm like, all right, thanks. And I was like, you know, there's water <laughs> leaking on the stage, you know? And he's like, well, it's just the way it happens here. And, <laughs> and Muggs is going, I think... I think I think it's going to blow up. You want me to look at it? I'm like, no, stay the fuck away from <laughs> fucking electric service. <laughs> Don't get hurt. Don't get hurt. Stay, stay yeah. clear of it. Don't get hurt, man. <laughs> so, so Bobby, you put out a great covers record last, was it last year, right? Last year. Can you talk a little bit about that? BPMD. Oh, sure. Uh, American made, right? Yeah, yeah, just a fun idea. You know, Mark Mendy and I, um, uh, let's say, thick as thieves when it comes to a little bit of ball busting with regard to me being a Jersey guy and him, Long Island guy, which is obviously second class to people like us. Yeah, the Jersey, right? <laughs> <laughs> but the, no but, offense. Um, he, he, he called me. He called me. It was I guess it would be two years ago this coming 4th of July. I got this great idea. I'm in the backyard with my kids. We're having burgers. I got the tunes on. I'm drinking beer. And I'm like, don't call me when you're drunk. I said, call me when you say You got to listen to me. So I listened to him. And I was like, you know, by the end of his, his pitch, I was like, dude, I'm in. I said, you got to be kidding me. I'm like, I sang so many songs in the shower when I was a kid. You know, I mean, I, I have a little bit of years on those guys. I mean, Mark's 40. I just turned 62. So, I mean, the, you know, the point is, is that I grew up around those bands. I mean, I knew, you know, you know, Screaming Teddy and I knew, uh, you know, uh, Cactus and you know, I was a big Mountain right. fan. And of course, Aerosmith, et cetera. So for me, it was a no brainer. It was like asking me to, I don't know, revisit my youth, you know, kind of a thing. Cool. So I think we nice. had we had, you know, Mike Portnoy and Phil Demo, you know, were on board within 24 hours after that original conversation. And it was just a fun project, man. And, and I think, you know, it got released, it'll be a year ago uh, next month it was released. And, you know, everything was starting to look cloudy and dark with regard to the pandemic and everybody's lives were changing. And should we open the Jersey Shore? Should we open Long Island? What are we going to do? And, it, and we were like, I don't know if we want to release this. And, and then we said, you know, something to hell with it. Let's release it. It's a fun record. Somebody's got to smile at this. Somebody's got to right. get something out of this, what it was intended, uh, or, or let's say the intent we had when playing it. So I, I really enjoyed the yeah. project. Uh, the yeah, such a fun listen. And would you consider I think doing we another one, that. or was it just a one-off? I, I would do another one. I mean, I, I, you know, I would, I would take it, um, and, and this has actually been talked about. I mean, if you went to Made in the UK, you know, the 1970s, I mean, think of, you know, what you'd have to choose from. I mean, this is, uh, you know, pre-new wave of British heavy metal by about, you know, uh, you know, three to ten years kind of a thing. You know, I mean, I think there's, a, you know, one of the, Rockerola was uh, released in 79, right? I mean, so it's kind of like you'd, you, you could pick from... I mean, Peter Green's Fleetwood Mac or, you know, status quo or, get, or you know, get into these like deep cuts of, 
of bands that I knew when I was a kid. I, I would do another one. But let's see what uh, Napalm says. I mean, they, they liked uh, the results, and uh, there's a distinct possibility. But obviously, first and foremost, overkill. Absolutely. Right. Bobby, nice. I, I do want to ask you a question from the past. But first, my wife, Emily, she's just such a big fan of yours and just wanted to say a quick hi. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> How are you? How is it? It's so good to see I'm you. I'm screwed. I'm screwed, uh, Nate <laughs> oh How's your wife? I mean, we bonded over the Dutch thing. Yeah, well, um, she's good. She's good. She's I, good. I assume. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I, you know, I just, last time we saw you was at Starland Ballroom live. Sounds right. right. right? Yeah. Okay. So I mean, yep. we've seen you so many times live, but you know, the thing I was commenting with, with Mark earlier is like, it's one of the heaviest shows and it's so much energy and so much power, but there's almost so much, there's also so much love. And I always feel like, even if I get separated from Mark, your crowd, they always take care of me. I always feel like I have like 7,000 bro big brothers at your shows. <laughs> I don't know if it's a Jersey thing, but like, didn't I comment? Yeah. Like, weren't Absolutely. they all buying me shots and like taking right. care of me? Yeah. And like, not, I mean, not in a weird way, <sighs> in a cool way, but it's like just such a good energy at your shows. Like, I love your fans. Emily, I tell you, I mean, the thing that cracks me up about playing Jersey, right, is that you can finish the first couple of songs that you run off in succession, maybe three songs, and the place is, has soaked it up like a sponge. And the first words out of my mouth is, Jesus, you get uglier every fucking year. More <laughs> <laughs> passionate every time. And the first time I think I saw you live. It, like, it, ign it ignites that. And then, I'm uh, sorry. Seriously. Oh, yeah. No, but, you know, like, but, like, I just, I, I tell the story about seeing you guys on Gigantor. Um, broad Daylight, right? What year was that? Was that like 2006 or something? Yeah, uh, I, I, it sounds... Seven? seven. Do you remember Gigantor? Yeah. Yep. So that must have been... Yes. Where did we see that show? PNC. PNC. Yeah. Um, also, that Jersey, was fun. But you guys were like... Like, you just got... You killed it. And I was saying that, like, you have this opposite thing. Like, a lot of guys, like, headbang when they're singing. You're... It's like the bottom of your body that moves. Like, you headbang with your whole body. <laughs> like it's something about your stage presence that is my absolute favorite. My don't favorite. tell Mark, anybody that Mark knows too. I'm, I'm practicing it's <laughs> yeah. for later he's practicing for a little bit later in the night like he's practicing for later was that too a graphic mark's like mark's nudging me like, to leave now i know somebody brought that up to me Good to see you, Emily. Somebody brought that up to me once. Uh, it's like, how, how are you moving your hips with your head simultaneously? Yes. I'm like, I am? <laughs> me. I am? I noted this. Like, you, hear that it's very, you have a very amazing stage presence, and the way you move is very different. So it's not just me, see? Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Bye, guys. I'll leave you alone. I'll Bye, Emily. Thank you. So good to see you. Remember. So, Thanks, Bobby. Bobby. I, I, I wanted to ask you, it's the 30-year anniversary of the album Horoscope, uh, released in 1991 by Atlantic and Megaforce. What do you remember about that record? Any memories you can share, being it's the 30th year anniversary? 
Yeah, I mean, that was, uh, that was a unique time, I think, in our lineage here. I mean, um, it was the first record where we were not an intact unit. Um, uh, you know, the original members were Rat Skates on drums, Dee Dee Verney on the bass guitar, Bobby Gustafson on guitar, and myself. And Rat left in 87 and, and uh, was replaced with uh, Sid Falk, who, who played with uh, Paul Diano's Battle Zone. So he did Under wow. the Influence, Years of Decay, and and um horoscope but the three uh guys who were writing songs uh primarily at that point were bobby uh, during you know pre-horoscope were bobby uh Didi and myself so it was uh it was unique to you know to have lost one third of the brain trust or the you know the creative trust that we were doing but i think that one of the cool things about it is we added the other guys merrick gant rob canavino and for some reason, um, there was no doubt in what we were going to do. But I remember that when we had written all the songs, we put them together, and Megaforce was like, oh, Johnny was like, I'm not 100% sure about this without, you know, without Bobby in there. And it pissed me off. I was like, I was like what? But, you know, this is ego. And you need a little bit of ego to, you know, to get over the top um, at some time. And I remember, I remember Johnny had us kind of do play the whole record live at Lemoore in front of the Megaforce staff. So that's one of the memories I have. And I remember us coming out and just kicking stuff over and playing pissed off, you know, like it was a real show while Megaforce watched. And, you know, we finished it. And Johnny walks over to me and goes, no doubt we're going to we're going to do this record. And it really because I think of all those circumstances and. <clears throat> All the different nuances that were happening, losing a member, uh, you know, what Megaforce had said to us. Atlantic was involved right now. I, I don't think Megaforce really felt that way. I think it was more Atlantic, you know, that, right. that felt that way. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but, it, it, you know, Horoscope came out of the cage like, uh, you know, like a roaring lion. I mean, that's, uh, you know, it's, it's one of the, the benchmarks in, in, in our history, in our lineage. So, Absolutely. Wow, what, what an amazing story. I never knew that about how you guys had to do that show to, to get that record really released the way you wanted to do it. But amazing. Well, it was a, you know, it was a hush-hush, you know, but I mean, it's also 30 yeah, years ago, and I mean, what is under the bridge? I mean, it's no big deal anymore, you know, but I mean, it was, yeah. we, had a, we had a kind of audition for our contract. But again, I don't really think it was Johnny, and of course it wasn't Metal Maria or any of those. I, I think it had something to do right. with Atlantic. It, you're and, right. It was you know, probably was, at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was no, corporate, it's a time know, where it was. Uh, Atlantic was maybe making decisions for Megaforce, and Megaforce wasn't making every decision at that point. Right, exactly. Go ahead, go ahead. I was sitting in Atlantic with Dee Dee one time. I forget who we were talking to, but it was a suit and tie. And uh, he was giving us all these plans, right? And. Uh, and the phone rang, and his secretary buzzed in, and he says, you have to excuse me for a minute. And he got out. I looked over at Dee, Dee and I said, we're fucked. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, this guy's got to Yeah, here's the deal. You do not uh, – let me tell you this. If I was ever in a, in a meeting at a record company and Overkill guys were in the meeting, I would not leave for any reason. I don't care who was calling. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the key. Do not leave the meeting. With Overkill, with Bobby and Dee Dee, or else, 
or else they here's what I think has to happen to a lot of people nowadays. Uh, and I don't want to get in big trouble, but I think what you were doing right there, that might need to happen to a few people. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the biggest compliment I ever got, I, I've been married twice and uh, my first wife, and uh, I, I raised her son and I was leaving the house one night and he, you know, he got his, he got this on. And I was like, we're going to go. He goes, we're going to go. And he goes, his mother goes from the kitchen. Your father didn't live to 45 fighting fair. <laughs> Bobby, you, right. you're amazing. So I want to I want to ask Mark, let me ask this quick question. I, I sure. Bobby, I, I got a uh, car recently and I've been driving all around Jersey. Now I'm 51 years old. I never had my own car. I lived in Jersey City. I worked in Manhattan. I, I, I just went back and forth on the path train. So the thing is, is that now I'm starting to discover all new areas of Jersey. Okay, first off, Ironbound is, in my opinion, the coolest name of an area. You guys have an album, Ironbound. And I also wanted to ask you just about the early days, like the clubs, because now I'm going to places like Asbury Park and Old Bridge and Sayreville, and I'm places I know you guys like lived in back in the day. You played gigs there. Tell us about Two things. Tell us about the early gigs in Jersey and how it was like. And then I'm just curious about Ironbound, because I think that is one of the greatest titles I've ever heard of anything, Ironbound. Well, good, congratulations on getting your license in your car. <laughs> Thank you. I know. At 51, yeah. At 51, yeah. And you're in Jersey, you're in Jersey City, baby, so you're probably Margaret Haig, which, uh, which is where I'm I was uh, started my existence was Margaret Hague Hospital in Jersey City. Um, Ironbound first is um, well, it's obviously the section in Newark, um, right? It's the Portuguese section. I mean, it's where the Devils play, where the Prue Center is. I mean, it's great restaurants down there. It's kind of an ethnic place. I mean, it, it comes off of the port. You know, the port in Newark was, you know, is is one of the biggest ports in the world. You know, it's bigger than anything New York has. I mean, it comes into Jersey and then just kind of moves over there and then feeds the rest of our country. But Ironbound came from someone, <clears throat> I think they were in a helicopter or a plane, and they were taking pictures of that part of Newark from the plane. And and the, the person who captioned the picture said, it's as if uh, the, the earth... Uh, it's, it's if it's holding down the earth by iron ribbons and the iron ribbons were all the train tracks coming out of the of, of the port. So that's where the iron bound came from. That's, you know, the original. Wow. You know, I never did that. That's it. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's the iron ribbons that that uh, hold it to the earth um, and uh, and all the energy that came out of it. Uh, and I always thought, you know, I mean, you, you guys know us. I mean, we're, we're we're Jersey guys tried and true. I mean. You know, we wear it on our sleeve. Um, we uh, we think locally, but we act globally. If that makes any sense, right, <laughs> we bring right, right. it with us with us everywhere. Um, so back in the early days, um, it, it was a little different. Uh, you know, I I came I'm, again. I'm a little bit older, so I got to go to the clubs when there was cover bands uh, all over the place. There's you know, a place called the Soap Factory um, over in Palisades. Um, Hole in the Wall, down by Paramus, you know, Mothers in Wayne, New Jersey. And they were primarily cover bands. Um, and then when we started coming around, it started switching over. You know, we used to be able to go see Twisted Sister. 
planted the hole in the wall. You know, you know, once a month at minimum. You know, and it would be primarily originals, but they they still play ten covers and do two sets wow. sometimes. You know, man. But when we we started looking for places, there was the Dirt Club. Oh my God, what was the Dirt Club? It was over in. It was somewhere in Bergen County, and the guy who owned it was Johnny Dirt. And I think if you remember the, um, it's like an old punk club, but uh, if you remember the Aquarian or the East Coast Rocker, he yeah, always yeah, had yeah. an ad in there. It only did original bands. Then we go to the Showplace down in Dover off Route 10, and it was like, you know, it was a strip joint during the day, and at night, you know, it would be a gig, and we'd be setting up, you know, we were like, I think we'd just done a demo but we still had a stage set that was theater-esque. You know, we had our own pin spot lights and strobes, and we had built a big castle out of styrofoam that we would use on that stage. So it was that in the show place and, and the dirt club. Was, was that the, the place that Metallica Fox. Metallica played their first gig with Kurt Hammett in Dover? Was that, It was probably at that same club, I would think, right? Yeah. Yeah, it has to be, because that's when they did – that's when – because that's when um, Dave Mustaine was was back, went back, and and Kirk came in, and they were hanging out with uh, the Old Bridge Metal Militia guys, you know, who were down right. in Old Bridge yes. off, off Route Five Sixteen, and you know, Dover's whatever it's thir- you know thirty five forty minutes from there, and it's a it's a good stage, and didn't mean you'd have you know a ton of people, but you could gain a following. I I, should, I saw Venom down there, I saw Raven, wow, at, you know, at this place, and, right. You know, so, I mean, there was some cool stuff going on in Jersey, but it was also, you know, it was also unified with Staten Island and you really wanted to get in New York City. And that was the hardest thing to do. I mean, we had done a gig at Trudy Heller's. We did a Gildersleeve's gig. Um, You know, these were unsigned gigs. Uh, But we play Staten Island, which is just, you know, a hop over the Gothels. And, you know, Staten Island, we were at Snoopy's. um, Oh, God, a place called October's, you know, I mean, so. So the, it started, you know, these these original clubs, which would still have cover bands sometimes, started thriving, you know. And that's that was, I think, you know, the place for us to spin our craft, you know, as opposed to that. So unless you're doing Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath or Judas Priest covers, we don't want you, which is what Jersey right. was prior to prior to this this era. Wow. Right what about Long Island? Did you guys ever go from Jersey to Long Island? Did you could you get gigs out there? Well, we got not when we were unsigned. Um, oh. We've done some. We did some Pennsylvania things. Uh, we found some people down in Maryland. Uh, we played a place called Coast to Coast down in Maryland, where a guy was doing like original uh, speed metal or whatever the precursor to speed metal was. Um, Sunday afternoons. I mean, we were down there with nuclear assault, you know. But the the Night. big oh, wow. thing was get get you had to, you had to get into here, you know. The more right, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, awesome. yeah, absolutely, yeah. no doubt about it. You've arrived, yeah. You've arrived yeah. if you're in there, and then you get called back for a second gig. And I, I remember a story, you know, G- George and Mike who ran the place. I mean, they were brothers, and uh, also with a good friend of mine, Frank Felice, and I'm friends with his son, Michael. Um, we all overkill guys all used to take turns. You know, they had Lamore in Brooklyn, they had Lamore East in Queens. And we would we had these professional press kits. We had our demo, our eight by ten, we had our biography, et cetera, et cetera. And I it was my turn and I walk up I walk up to George in uh 
out in Lamar East in Queens. And I said, hello, Mr. Parente. I'm, uh, I'm Bobby Blitz. I'm uh, from Overkill, and I'd like to give you a press kit. And he puts his hand on my shoulder and goes, you're a nice kid. Your band sucks. <laughs> 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 and that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> Yeah, inspirational, if you think about it, right? <laughs> well, it's a stuff like Did he that. Did you know that, or was that just him trying to do harder. tough love? Like, like no, I, I'm saying. Did he really think that, or was that just what he said to everybody who came up to him? I think he thought it because it, it, that wasn't the exact quote. He said, "Kid, you're a nice, you're a nice kid. I got forty of your fucking press kits on my desk." Right. <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> Well, you 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 came out on top, Bobby, and 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 history will record all of that. So you're you're two, on top. Hey, two years later, we were a house band, you know, at Lemoore's. I was, uh, right, I, I right, was right. like, yeah, you know. So I'm amazed, but I'm amazed, Bobby, that you guys were doing that. Like I, I remember putting the folders together and the freaking eight by ten and the bio page and the tape and the seat, whatever it came. I didn't know you guys had to do that kind of stuff. You know, I didn't know how that happened back in the day. Hey, it was social media back then, if you think about it, right? I mean, yeah. you, mm-hmm. you had to put together put together your package, let them know who you are. I mean, it was business. It was also you wanted people interested in you. I mean, your social media was shaking right. hands. It's like, hey, don't yep. you know? Don't touch my car. I'm just putting a flyer into your windshield wiper. You know that. You know that kind of right. Thing. Right. I'm not. You know, gonna, yeah. Not, right. Yeah. Amazing. That is amazing. That was different. You know, it was different yourselves. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Well, Bobby, we do have to wrap it up in a few minutes here. But before we let you go, are there plans for Overkill to return to the road at this point? Oh, sure. You know, I mean, we're ready. Um, you know, we blocked out uh, the U.S. through February, uh, blocked out some uh, European shows in um, March, April. Um I mean, I got something in Indonesia. There may be something before the end of the year over over in Europe. I mean, there's a buzz that's just starting to happen because everything's opening up, and it's one of the big ones. So I'm not sure if you guys are aware of it, but it's um, no, I'm, I don't even know. August, August to September. And, um, nice, and there may nice. even be a Jer- Jersey show before uh, Christmas time. Oh, that would be amazing. Awesome. Cool. We would love that. We would love that. But thank you for spending some time with us tonight on the Talking Metal live stream. We really appreciate it. We wish you all the best, and we are so ready for Overkill to return to the stage. Every time I see you guys, I feel like playing a Motorhead cover. I'm telling you. I, you got it, Bobby. That's my favorite thing that we've, I've ever done, in my opinion. I, I don't want to offend anybody else, but the greatest thing I've ever done on stage or on any stage, is playing with you during Turtlehead, during Overkill. That was my favorite thing. That, that was just awesome. And, and you know, the thing was, I didn't know what to expect. I mean, obviously, I knew what to expect from Frank and Portnoy. But I didn't know yeah, what to, you didn't know to about expect us, yeah. you guys. They had no idea, and you killed it. I mean, you were you were Filthy Phil Campbell and Wurzel. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bobby, thank, thank you so much, and we, we're going to see you. Whatever show you book, we're going to be there, and you can depend on it. Thank you, boys. Good thank to see you, both. Thanks, Bobby. Thank you. Bye-bye, guys. Cool. Bobby Blitz. What a great interview. Kill, guys. Yeah, so much fun hanging with him always. Day. 
and we cannot wait for the live music to return. We got Ace coming back. It sounds like maybe a Overkill New Jersey show before the end of the year. Emily, John, and myself, we will all be there for sure. Yeah. John, always Guys, great hanging with you. I wish you could be you. here at this place. Yeah, I said next I time. wish you could have been here tonight, but I, I know it was a short notice. But uh, the next Talking Metal Live we're going to do in person. Let's make that a definite announcement. We're going to do it in yes. person. And why don't we just plan it now? We'll do it here. We'll do it here. We'll have some. I have a set made up with like three stools or whatever we need, and we'll get the cameras ready. We'll get the lighting ready. We're going to rock it out. We use our our. We we have to thank our our crew. Let's thank our crew. Mark. Yes, absolutely. Big thanks to everyone. SDNbroadcast.com, yeah. top crew. Yeah. For all it your virtual right oh, down here. Yeah. <laughs> It was excellent. It was like a second ago. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're gonna thank that, and uh, and we'll do it up. We're gonna do it up. We, we, you know, and it's so nice. We want to thank all of our guests. Hank Reeves, Dash Vodka. He supplies us with vodka. You can't do any better than that. That's good. And then we we Corey. We love. We we just hung out with him at one of our last concerts that we did, 2019 at the Iridium. And and then Bobby, who we have a big history with, uh, for in, in many different aspects, and and he is literally, a, I mean, Bobby's a legendary heavy metal musician. Absolutely, for sure. Yeah, for sure. no doubt John, about it. And yep. Thank you. Always good hanging with you. You have a great week, man. And next time we are hanging in person, maybe we'll even get together before then and do just a podcast. Oh, I think we know, should. Yeah, podcast. we should maybe yeah. do a, like an audio podcast prior to the next yeah. live video show. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Um, by the way, all those Emily says she just wants you to make them din- make us dinner. So. Oh, uh, I'll make I, you dinner any yeah. night of the week, yeah. guys. I, I got a big. Yeah. Let me tell you this. Real quick before we sign off, uh, a guy named Jean-Paul Giraud, who is the head chef at the um, one of the big hotels in Glasgow, Scotland, um, told me today that my fondant potato that I made was was equal like was equal or possibly even better than a few of his trained guys, and and that wow. is like somebody could say, John, you played the greatest guitar solo in the world. That is the equivalent of that compliment, and. And I said, well, I don't have any actual talent, like, or nobody trained me in to do this. But he said, he goes, look, I, I, I could see your photos, and that fondant was, was it. And he said, uh, he thinks that I have a natural talent. So anyway, guys, uh, I'm, I'm, I have an idea. What, what about one of these days? This is a separate idea. I have a little bar area with some seats. You and Emily are there, and then I try to make something. We tape it. And then we see if you like it. And if you like it, it's killer. If we don't like it, you get that sound. And then that means I lose. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You know, would you, would you take part in that? Chopped. Yeah. Yeah. It's like chopped. I could, I'm the host and you you can be the host too. We're the host, but I'm the guy, but I might get chopped at the end of the show of my own thing. That okay? All right. That's okay, a deal, let's man. Let's it. do it. Let's do it. But anyway, Guys. But one one way or the other, I'm going to make you dinner and you and Emily dinner. And I already got some ideas and that's going to happen. But anyway, keep rocking, everybody, for watching us. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Emily. Thanks to the SDN team. Thanks to Bobby, Corey, and Hank Reeves. And we're rocking and I'm ready to go another two hours. Right on. Yeah. Want to keep it going? No, I'm kidding. I'm just joking. No, I'm just joking. No, yeah, we got to let people go home. But 
Thank you, everybody. Everyone, SDN and crew, keep it going. Yep. I will just talk till 6 a.m. I'm kidding. I'm joking. I kid. I kid. Who says that? Who says? I kid. I kid. Somebody Not says sure. that. You. I'm just yeah, kidding, people. I, <laughs> I do. All right, guys. Have a okay. good night. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Keep rocking. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.